NEI Hoops Report, the number one rated NEI basketball coverage in the world, is proud to present the Road to Muni podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Road to Muni podcast. Uh, you know, uh, I'm always here with our uh, co-host, Pat Dirksen, and uh, uh, we're closing down here in the, in the final, like we said, about final three weeks now. Uh, before uh, we get to the uh, conference tournaments that are starting off about February 20th, 21st, 22nd, or about almost every uh, first round. So, uh, you know, as we saw last weekend, it was a it was a big time, uh, a lot of, a lot of another uh, big round of upsets, and uh, uh, we got a lot of people or a lot of teams battling for positions. So, uh, you know, buckle up. It's going to be that time of year. But uh, uh, at least for this episode, we're going to start off uh, just highlighting some of those games we were just uh, mentioning, and then. Uh, Pat and I are, are going to uh, jump on and talk to uh, College of Idaho head coach, number one team in the country, uh, Kobe Blaine. And then we're going to do our stock risers report. And then we'll give you guys some games to watch for this upcoming week. We do have another, as we, I mentioned, a big week ahead, especially uh, February 2nd. Uh, it seemed like every big game this week it was on February 2nd. So uh, stay tuned, but we're going to uh, uh, have a lot to discuss. So uh, I'll go ahead and bring on my co-host. Pat, how you doing, man? Good, good. Off and running, right? Down to the wire here in a lot of this league play. Yeah, and, and league play was uh, it was turned up a notch again this week. I, I know uh, we probably could say that every week, but uh, really, you know, you're starting to see, uh, you know, a lot of shifting going on. I mean, we, we talked just a couple of weeks ago uh, where, you know, Indiana Wesleyan was in prime position to win a Crossroads League tournament or a Crossroads League regular season title and uh, you know, they had a couple game lead and then they, they now are on a three game losing streak uh, after a big matchup, big uh, number six versus number seven. Uh, Grace, uh, you know, he got a hand it to them. They, they uh, uh, got, got to, got to beaten at home to Indiana Wesleyan, but uh, were able to return the favor this week. Yeah. And that's what Grace can do to teams. And a little teaser here for stock riser. I mean, the, it all comes down. I think we'll start teams seeing teams separate each other and the team with the most balance the team that can score in so many different ways really is a team that's going to be strong you can't be so focused on one guy I think that just makes it too easy to defend but when you think of a team like right the balance that they have and their ability to either pound it inside with Malone or, or use their guard play to, to exploit you really makes them so dynamic offensively yeah and I think about maybe for 20 minutes of basketball there, uh, you know, as, as much as uh, I have enjoyed watching college of Idaho play uh, over these last, you know, couple months here. And I think they're playing like the number one team in the country as they, they deserve the number one ranked spot. Um, I don't know that many people are going to beat grace if they play like they did that final 20 minutes. I mean, uh, to, to be down 22 in the first half and then fight your way back to down 10, uh, that kind of that magical number at half, uh, they got, got themselves within 10 and then, uh, that second half by Grace, like like I said, I you know if they play like that, they're going to be very very tough to be uh, coming into the Nash tournament here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I had texted a couple of buddies that may God have mercy on those poor souls at Indiana Wesleyan because that probably was not a fun gym to be in uh, at the next morning. But this is the these are the kind of losses that you got to rebound from, right? You can't allow a snowball this late in the season. You got to be able to just put these behind you quickly and just keep it moving, right? It's on to the next game. It's behind you. You just got to focus on the task at hand. 
Yeah, and, and just looking all the way across the country, I mean, that's that's the same way, you know, uh, for, for every league. I mean, we've seen, uh, um, you know, I look across the board, even uh, Thomas Moore teams uh, uh, who was struggling there for a little bit, they've they've kind of recovered back and, and then gotten some uh, wins underneath their belt here. And, uh, um, you know, you're just looking all the way across the board, like I said, and, and uh, you know, just big, big wins uh, all the way across the board for a lot of teams that need them even this week. I think that, you know, you look at teams that are on the bubble even uh, and getting resume wins. I think you look at Pikeville who – um, you know, got got the two wins this week over, over teams that are are uh, also on the on that borderline and that Great Lakes ARC. Let me tell you, uh, for for those that don't know, that don't know the ARC, and we try to paint that picture for you, but the ARCs are are uh, the area ratings and the um the the uh, Great Lakes is consistent of or consists of the Crossroads League, uh, the Mid South League, the uh, River States League, and then the WAC. Uh, and you know. They only give 16 teams in the ARC rankings. That league, or that that the ARC, can literally probably get 18 teams into the the national tournament. It's that loaded with talent. Um, and you look all across the board. I mean, Indiana Tech's playing super well. Um, you know, you got the even the all the all the crossroads league team. You got a Huntington team who's, uh, you know, stock is climbing hard here with with some big wins here lately. They they did this last year too. I don't know if you remember that, Pat, but yeah, this time last year. Uh, Huntington did the same exact thing. They they were kind of on the borderline, you know, flirting around uh, between a top twenty five team and a bubble team, and then they just won late in the year, uh, and then and then went off and, and got a first round win over Georgetown last year too. And um, you know, I just think that's a dangerous group and and a lot of fun to watch. And um, obviously, they're super good at home, but uh, this year I feel like they they've done more uh, damage even away from home this year, uh, and that's a good good sign of a good team. Yeah, and a good coach too, right? Coach Offord, who's just kind of seen this thing all the way through and, and allowed it to develop, you know, at its own pace, really. And then you almost think about the inverse, which we talk about, you know, fairly often on this podcast. A team like Indiana Wesleyan, say, you know, they lose three in a row, and maybe they lose, you know, you know, five or seven or whatever, four or six, whatever it might be. Say they drop another one, and all of a sudden they drop in the rankings, and then they find a way to, to flip it on in the Crossroads League tournament and they end up getting a little bit lower seed than maybe they deserve in the national tournament. And then you, you, they kind of find themselves in almost a favorable matchup, right, where they play themselves into a, you know, what if they're in a, a five or a six seed instead of a two or a three? It's like, okay, now we got Wesleyan here. Kind of this is, uh, That becomes a really tough matchup. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, it's going to get interesting, too. You know, you even look at a team like uh, Montana Tech, who uh, Thursday they would have beat uh, – um, Providence, you know, in an overtime matchup, and and Providence is another team that's got stock rising a little bit. They're starting to get healthy, and uh, with, with Jordan Stevens back, and then uh, a couple of the other guys that have missed some time back, uh, uh, that's a team to kind of watch out for too, as a bubble team that can maybe sneak into the tournament. But uh, you know, Montana Tech beats them, and then turns around and loses on Saturday uh, to to uh, MSU Northern, and that's a you know the the Frontier Conference is always so interesting because they play each other three times, and we've talked about how tough that is when you start playing a team for the third time especially when you you know you're going that that away home away is so much more difficult than the home away home when you have the team twice at home uh you know in that third round when you get the team at home for the for the second time it's much nicer than having to play a team for the third time and then having to go travel to the uh their home court or you know travel travel on the road uh for that that uh, third game is, is ultra tough and that's kind of what we're seeing in the frontier league right now or frontier conference a little bit right now um, but Montana Tech fits that mold a little bit. What you were just talking about—that uh, 
you know, these losses, uh, you know, may end up getting them a lower seed. And uh, I'm telling you right now, Caleb Belich and, and company is, is not a team that uh, is easy to match up with. And then they're very, very dangerous as well. So uh, some of these late losses are, are something to keep an eye on just because, you know, it may affect a seed or two and, and drop a team, uh, um, depending on what they do in their conference tournament. You know, a team that uh, uh, was maybe top 25, top 15, top 10 all year long, uh, all of a sudden drops down, you know, into uh, – uh, a, you know, a worse seed. And then all of a sudden it's a, it's a very dangerous team because, uh, you know, I, I know, I don't know where the, we're, we're going to find out here in a couple of weeks where the host sites are at, but I know Indiana Wesley usually puts in a host site. And can you imagine uh, if they're a number, yeah. two, number two seed and you have to play them, uh, uh, you know, you're a one seed, maybe have to play them at their home core in Lucky Arena to, to go to Kansas City. That, you know, that's, uh, that'd be, that'd be a tough, tough task for anybody. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, but no thanks, right? And I think your point about travel is a good one, right? It's it's easy to get excited for road games in November, you know, and early December. It's difficult to get really excited about road games, you know, in February. And it's the tough teams It's and those teams that are battling, you know, for maybe that last league spot, the second to last league tournament spot that can go on the road and pick up a win when it's needed. I think there's just a human nature element here now where guys maybe are, are starting to check out, you know, maybe the season hasn't gone as they wanted. Maybe they're not getting the minutes that they wanted. Maybe their, their buddies in the dorm are talking about spring break and it's just easy to start, you know, finding those distractions and it becomes that much more difficult to get excited for road games. So those teams that can, you know, just focus and go on the road and take care of business and get home are really the ones that are going to start separating themselves. Yeah, no doubt. And that's uh it's gonna be gonna be uh one of those things that's gonna be fun to watch the rest of the way too. Just uh there's a lot of teams that are kind of floating right there. Uh we've talked about those lines, those magical lines, not just for, for at large bids and, and the teams that are on the bubble, but uh um, you know, we got we got several teams that are fighting for conference tournament bids themselves and uh um you, you know, with some of these leagues changing their formats, you know, I think the G stack with six teams and uh, you know, a couple others that shifted down to eight teams this year uh, for their conference tournament. And uh, you're seeing a lot of teams, and, and you know, similar to like an Oregon Tech, who uh, was a top 25 team to start the year, and now they're battling for uh, last spot in the, in the Cascade Conference uh, tournament. You know, a team with great tradition, a um, team that has good talent, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're in a battle, and they, they need some wins uh, down here, down the stretch, just to uh, qualify for the Cascade tournament. So, uh, you know, those are the those are the teams across the country to watch out for because, uh, you, you know, they may not be on the bubble. You know, Oregon Tech, if they, if they don't win the the Cascade tournament, they're not going to go to the the national tournament. But uh, you know, they could be a bid stealer here, and and uh, you know, they're going to be playing hard all the way through the end of the year just because they are still playing for something because they're trying to pl- trying to make their conference tournament because if they can't make they can't win the tournament if they don't make the conference tournament. So. Um, you know, that's just one example of about five or six across the country uh, right now that uh, uh, they may they may seem like they may be uh, easier wins, uh, you know, as, as you look at the schedule and records. But uh, these teams have a lot of fight in them just because they are playing for something the rest of the way out. Well, yeah, and then you break down even further. And like we talk a lot about, you know, the one and the two and maybe the, you know, the nine versus the eight or whatever playing for those seeds. Then you think about it right in the middle playing for home court. Right. What do you think? You know, I obviously think about the CCAC a lot. Those, those teams there that are battling, you know, the five and the four spot for home, uh, a home game for a league tournament game. So that, that's just another line, uh, you know, of all of this where 
all these battles are just so intriguing to me to watch as they play out down the stretch. Yeah, and it's it's uh, similar to why you know Oklahoma Wesleyan, who uh, who was another team that like Indiana Wesleyan that was rolling, uh, they moved all the way up to number two in the country, and then uh, here they are. Uh, uh, you know, they lost two two games uh, over the last uh, three games they played, uh, losing at home to uh, Bethel, which. Interesting stat here, which for those that don't know, I mean, Oklahoma wasn't even one of those places in the country. It's uh, nearly impossible to get wins at. And uh, Bethel, uh, Kansas, turns around and does that for the third straight year, which is just a very, very impressive stat. Uh, but the Threshers, you know, they have they have some stuff they're playing for as well here. And, uh, you know, they, they go and get that win. And, you know, before that, Oklahoma wasn't even traveled to uh, Bethany. And, and the Han is, is a very dangerous place to play as well. And, uh, Bethany got their uh, second win against a ranked opponent uh, on their home court. So, um, yeah, all the way across the country, like I said, it's just it's just uh, interesting to watch these battles. And, um, you know, you even look at uh, uh, some of these uh, games, uh, uh, you know, in the WAC, you know, it's uh, you got Rochester and, and Lords and Cornerstone and, and uh, some of those teams, even Madonna now that, uh, uh, you know, I still think Madonna's on the inside of the of the bubble. Uh, but, you know, as you're talking about at-large teams, if, if uh, you know, two of those, you know, Indiana Tech's going to be probably lock up a, a conference regular season title and, and get one of the, uh, get one of the, at, or one of the uh, auto bids in the WAC. But uh, the interesting part now is going to be who gets that second uh, one. And, and, and for a lot of these leagues, and you can, you'll be able to see it, and we're going to have a little bit more of a breakdown tomorrow, too, uh, on the website. But uh um, you know, it's it's something to watch out for. Is, is that getting that number two seed, Pat, is so important in so many leagues because of those auto bids. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like almost everybody's playing for something at this point, even if it's just pride. So, you know, just got to find a way to grind out these last few weeks of the regular season. Yeah, and, and we mentioned some of these upsets, and, you know, I, I, I'd be hard remorse. I know I've brought them up, you know, maybe they're turning into my uh, – my holy cross, Pat, but, uh, you know, I, I give another shout out to, I, I love this point park team. They were able to go on that road, knock off IU Kokomo, another very tough place to play. Uh, and they went on the road and got that win. Now I, I believe that the river States conference is probably going to be a, a, just only going to get their two auto auto bids. They're probably not going to get a third uh, team in, um, you know, maybe a Rio uh, gets in if they don't win the, or don't make it to the, the River States Conference Tournament, but or Conference Tournament Championship game. Um, but that that league, you know, unfortunately, we've talked about it, uh, um, you know, maybe maybe a little bit better than what people see it as. But, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I, I think that uh, this Point Park team uh, probably going to have to probably going to have to get one of the auto bids to uh, get in the tournament. Uh, but a very, very dangerous team, uh, you know, if they can make it in. And, and just another shout out to them for getting the big win. And then, um, you know, another... well, and they're doing they're doing the same thing as IU Kokomo did last year, right? I don't think Point Park's lost a game in 2023, maybe one, maybe I don't think they have. They lost a four overtime game to IU East, but that is right. It. Yeah, I mean, does that even really count at that point? <laughs> and so it's like, you know, you're just it's all about it's the old cliche: who's getting hot at the right time. And if they can just keep, you know, literally their stock is rising as we speak. And so it's, uh, yeah, that's going to be one to watch. Yeah. And, and, uh, like we said, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated. I know, uh, we're throwing a lot of, a lot of information in the, you know, for, for us moving forward, it'll be, it'll be, uh, a little bit more focused, uh, some on the bubble teams and at large bids. And, uh, we'll, we're, we're three teams away, I believe, Pat, uh, 
Um, I know Union uh, this week has a chance to uh, lock up. Uh, if they just win a game, they'll, they'll lock up the Appalachian Athletic Conference, and I believe uh, College of Idaho and and uh, uh, and uh, Indiana Tech are both super close as well. I don't know if they, they can quite lock it up this week, uh, but if not this week, certainly next week. Uh, so we're, we're, we're starting to get to that time of year where uh, teams are starting to lock in that uh, conference championship, uh, regular season, uh, regular season championship. Can't cover, we can't cover every team uh, as much as we'd love to, but uh, otherwise we'd be here for for two hours. And, uh, I know that uh, hey, this podcast is called the road to Munich, right? Yeah. And so not every team is on the road to Munich and, and we're really getting closer to our destination. Getting closer to that destination and we're going to paint, paint the picture the best we can. But, uh, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, one team that uh, made Muni last year and, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, the number one team in the country looks primed for for uh, another uh, trip to uh, Muni this year as long as they don't get upset um, as College of Idaho. And, and uh, I think it's time to uh, go ahead and bring in our, our coach's conversation uh, with uh, College of Idaho head coach Colby Blaine. We are here with head coach uh, Colby Blaine from College of Idaho, number one team in the country. Uh, coach, I know, uh, you know you guys – Fought back hard in that opening game, uh, opening game of the season, the uh, first game of the year, uh, hit hit the road against the that back then number one team in the country, Arizona Christian, still a top five team. Uh, got yourselves down fifteen, but uh, kind of showed, uh, you know, what you guys were going to be about this year uh, with a hard fight, fought back uh, that game. Uh, there uh, had a chance to to bucket it at the buzzer, it didn't go in, but uh, um, you know, since then you guys have rifled up, you have lost. Um, you just kind of want to jump into your season and just talk about maybe what what that Arizona Christian game uh, uh, maybe talk to you guys about your team as you move forward uh, here. Yeah, well, I, I remember getting to the end of that Arizona Christian game and looking at the stat sheet and just kind of thinking about how we had played. And I remember telling my staff, you know, hey, you know, after being down 15, after, you know, allowing uh, Arizona Christian, who's a great team, they, they've scored at a high rate that game. I said, we still had a chance to win that game. And so, uh, you know, it was a great kind of foreshadow to to where we are today. And, of course, our guys have obviously um, stuck together and, and bought into how we do it here, and that's why we're having success. But I think the other big thing, too, is we played 10 games in 20 days in, in November, and that was, we call it the gauntlet, you know, and it's, it goes back and forth between some, um, some, you know, heated rivalry games with D2 teams to some conference games to some other really good matchups in the NAI. But, you know, I don't think that we got to um, showcase quite, you know, our, our, our speed and our, and our offensive talent in those games because it's just, you know, it's so much physically. And so, you know, once we got through that, then we got a little Christmas break. We got a little rest. And now you're starting to see a team who's really starting to play fast and, and make shots at a high rate. Our three-pointers have really gone up in the last couple of weeks. Um, and so it's kind of just been this fun evolution throughout the whole season. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's just a unique – you talk about playing fast and your guys and things like that. And, and some of that buy-in fact, you know, is uh, uh, something you guys highlighted uh, on uh, social media long ago about the fact that uh your, your leading score leading uh this guy and i believe leading rebounder all come off the bench uh uh i know that there's another team i don't know if there's another team you could probably say that about no yeah i i would i'm not sure that there is you know and it's it's even more special that it's three different players you know it's not just one talented guy coming off the bench 
um, that's accomplishing that. But, you know, we've, we, we've always done it here, you know, by committee. Like, we, we've always used our depth. Um, we've never played our guys more than, you know, 25 to 28 minutes, and we're finding that we are a better team and that we can weather every storm every night. Um, you know, and and kudos to the guys who are coming off the bench who've just completely bought into it. We we have an old saying that that starting is for high school, right? And and none of our guys care about that, and it's true. I mean, you see it in our success. They just want to find ways to win. They want to enjoy their experience, and so everybody's bought in. Yeah, and I'll just highlight it a little bit. I know last year uh, uh, we we had talked about when we brought you on the the podcast talked about. Uh, you know, the Drew Wyman and his accolades from high school. And um, obviously, Jake O'Neill also had a big-time freshman year last year. But now you got another uh, stud freshman uh, that's playing some big-time minutes and, and producing really, really well for you guys and, and coming off the bench in, in uh, Samaji Morgan. And, um, you know, can you just maybe talk about, you know, you guys you guys build teams. Everybody builds teams a little bit differently across the country. But uh, you've been able to get some of the best freshmen uh, around in your area. Uh, can you just talk about maybe a philosophy and recruiting and, and just what it means to – to be able to uh, not just recruit these freshmen, uh, but, but be able to see production out of them in their first year. Yeah, well, it's Samaje uh, Morgan, our freshman point guard, is is super special, and you're starting to see him really come on. If you remember in that Arizona Christian game, it was his first game of his career. He actually he had eight points, but he fouled out in eight yep. minutes. Yeah. Um, so if we could have had him on the floor for a little longer, it might have been a little different story. But uh, he's really starting to come into his own. He's his assist to turnover ratio in our last five to six games, it might be 10 to one. I mean, I'd have to go look exactly at what it is, but uh, you know, between our Corbin and OIT games alone, he had 19 assists and zero turnovers. Um, so he, he is a heck of a talent, but uh, we, you know, we have had a lot of success recruiting very good freshman talent um, these last couple of years. And we, as a staff, we put all of our time and energy into that. You know, I'm a big believer in, in, uh, we don't recruit a lot of guys. We recruit a couple guys and we recruit them really hard. Um, we spend a lot of time with them in the process. And I think what happens when we do that is they really get to see the experience they're going to have with us. Um, we really, really sell that. We've had a couple kids turn down division one opportunities because they can see that it's more than just basketball for us. It's a, it's a, it's a college campus. It's a high academic. It's a community that shows up and cares um, you know, it's a team that really loves each other. And so um, I do think these incoming freshmen have really bought into um, wanting to be part of something bigger than themselves. And, you know, what the truth is, is sometimes kids don't connect with that. And that's OK, because if they don't connect with it and they choose not to come here, then, you know, we're getting the right guys at the end of the day. Um, can you just maybe talk about I know I know one of our favorite questions we ask coaches um, and this is the Road to Muni podcast. Uh, you know, what, what's it going to take for you guys to get back to Muni and maybe uh, you know, make it to a, a Fab Four or make a national title run? Yeah, well, there's a couple great things that we have learned over the last couple of years. Um, you know, we've had had some good success um, going to a couple Final Fours when we were at the NAI D2 level. And then last year um, we made the Elite Eight and we got to play the national champions. And, and if you remember, we were up five with two minutes to go. Um, and then and, and Loyola made a, a heck of a run and, and had some, uh, you know, big plays down the stretch. And so those are all stories that play in our factor, you know, in our in, in our in our journey here. And, you know, a couple big things. One is we learned a couple years ago at the final four that we needed to be the best conditioned and, and uh, strength team in the country. And so you know, I really believe that our strength coach has us as 
as strong physically and mentally as any team in the country. And so I think that's going to play a big factor. And that's where our depth comes into play too. Um, but another big thing is, you know, I think when that moment hit last year with about two minutes left, uh, you know, you got you to gotta find a way to have confidence when, when it feels like it's turning on you. And because you got to, and no matter what I tell my guys every day at the end of practice, no matter what happens, you got to jump up and make shots. And, you know, we'll finish with a shooting drill at the end of practice. And I think that's going to be a big key when we, you know, get to this national tournament that we don't get ahead of ourselves, that we stay in the moment. And, and that no matter what happens, we got to have confidence to make the next play. Coach, I, th- I think your, your comment about staying in the moment there is interesting because we talked earlier in the interview about how young, you know, some of your roster is. And how, how do you get those guys? Obviously, the easy answer is, you know, senior leadership. How do you get those young guys to focus and stay in the moment? You know, is it because you're in Idaho and there's not a whole lot going on in Idaho? Or is it because of, of some other factors? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this: is what, what's going on in Idaho is good basketball right now. Yeah, we, got, that's right. we got us. We got junior college, College of Southern Idaho, number one in the country. Boise State's, you know, making a push for the yeah. Mountain West Championship. So yeah, you're right. Basketball is what we do here. But <laughs> but uh, no, it's a great question. You know, on paper we are really young. We really are. But but in reality, we have a lot of experience. We're playing eight guys. We're, we're playing a nine man rotation right now. And eight of them played last year, played significant minutes last year. And so, um, you know, we're really big on storytelling um, in our program. And, and we do really rely on our veterans to, you know, tell stories to the team about, you know, here's why we stay focused. And, you know, it's funny you bring up that question because we had a long conversation this weekend about this week of the year. Right. And and I'll try to keep this story short, but. I went back and did some research in our own program about this, this last week of January every year. And it's a hard week. And if you go and you look at, I mean, I'm following your guys's posts all week long and there's upsets all over the country. Right. And if you go look at our program, the last couple of years, we've had hard games this week. And, and so, you know, we tell these stories to our guys about, um, you know, why is that? And I think it's because, you know, we're six weeks after Christmas or five weeks after Christmas and people are starting to get tired and, you know, you start to lose track of who you are and, and what you need to do to be successful. And, and so, I mean, we just tell those stories over and over again and, and it, we just make small little goals and, and our guys focus on those goals. And, and I think that's why we we're able to hopefully not have any, you know, mistakes along the way. Like Pat and I talked a little bit on, on the podcast earlier. Um, and, and it's seemingly true for the Cascade Conference. Uh, you guys have, even those teams you guys are facing, the, uh, who are maybe middle of the pack right now, uh, they're fighting for those last seeds in the Cascade Tournament. And sometimes that can make those teams just as dangerous as those teams are fighting. They're battling for conferences or even for their season. Um, and that can make the, the, the Cascades always dangerous, but it makes it uh, uh, teams that uh, maybe don't have a tomorrow even more dangerous. Yeah, well, we have a, you know, we have a great conference here, a storied history. I mean, you look, Lewis and Clark State's in the national championship two years ago. OIT's in the national championship, you know, three years ago. Um, You know, we've been a lot of final four teams. I mean, there's a lot of great programs in this in this conference. And so, you know, we know we're going to get everybody's best shot every night, no matter what. Um, But you're right. Guys are fighting, you know 
for, for the end of the year here. People are starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel, and they want to finish strong. And I can definitely notice this second round of conference that we're getting a much more physical opponent. We have teams that are really playing hard and, and, and you know, bodying us up and, and frustrating us at times. Um, so, it's, you know, it's good. It's good for us to be able to experience those battles, but it's good for our conference as well to see teams hitting their stride, you know, kind of towards the end of the year here. You talked about it being physical and, uh, um, you know, a grind down the down the stretch. You, you want to just talk about uh, that tournament in a little bit? And um, obviously you guys had had great experience and then uh, great tradition side of that, but great success inside of the, the Cascade tournament. Uh, um, but you want to maybe just, for those that don't know about the Cascade tournament, want to describe, um, you know, the format and just kind of uh, what it takes to win one. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's always a fun time. The crowds always show up, you know every game for it, but uh, it's a three game tournament to win. There's only eight of our 12 teams get in. So like you were saying, there's a lot of teams right now that are jostling for that six, seven, eight position right now. Um, and the, you know, the unique thing about our tournament is the higher seed gets to host. So we've been very focused on, you know, wanting to win the regular season so that we can host the conference tournament every game of the way. Uh, but, you know, another unique thing about the tournament, too, is we reseed it after the first round. And uh, I mean, I guess after the second round as well. But after the first round, it gets reseeded. So, for example, if we were the first seed and maybe the sixth seed beats the three seed, then we would play the sixth seed because that would be the maybe the lowest remaining uh, opponent. And so it's kind of interesting because you don't necessarily know exactly who you're going to play. Um, you know, as you go, and we've had tournaments where we've played lower seats, um, you know, all the way through. And so it makes it super interesting that you kind of just have to turn around quickly and you just got to, you know, rely on, on your foundation and rely on what you remember about those guys that you played. But you know, there's about two or three days in between each game and, and it flies by pretty quick. But, you know, like I said, the big thing for us is, is being able to host those home games. We have an incredible crowd that really shows up and supports us and creates an awesome environment. So that's that's what we're looking forward to. We're hoping we can win another championship here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I know uh, uh, one of my one of my good friends uh, it grew, was out, or grew up in Boise and uh, was showed up at your guys' gym last year for the conference uh, tournament. I'm sure I'll be back this year. But, uh, Coach, I, I appreciate you coming on. I know uh, – busy time of year for you guys and i appreciate you giving us the time but uh, uh number one team in the country i know you guys are in a good position to uh contend for a national title and we wish you guys the best of luck you bet well i appreciate it and and look forward to following you guys through the end of this thing you guys are kicking butt keeping up with everybody pat always good to hear from the number one team in the country uh you know i feel like it's the we're gonna have the Road to Muni podcast. Uh, you know they're they're one of the heavy favorites to to win a national title this year. So I uh, appreciate Coach Blaine coming on and, and talking about some Yotes basketball. And but Pat, let's uh, go ahead and move into uh, our stock riser report. The stock riser report. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I I had this list formed before before Coach Blaine's interview, but I he he talked a little bit about his depth and, and my stock risers at this point are all the role players out there. And and we often talk about you know individuals out here in big time names and player of the year candidates, 
but it, it's these role players that, that kind of, you know, are, are kind of the unsung heroes. And we have seen teams, you know, from last year that had a bunch of success and graduated, maybe not the guy that was their leading scorer, but maybe two guys that were kind of, you know, second or third or third or fourth in scoring for them. And, and just those guys that, that do the little things, maybe don't stand out on paper, but just help the engine run. And now we're going to really see the depth and the value of these role players really increase as we head down the stretch here. We talked about the, the importance of having fresh legs off air with Coach Blight and the ability just to, you know, have guys ready to go night in and, and night out. And so I think as you look at teams that really can make a run at this thing, look at their role players before you really look at the studs that they have. Yeah, that's such a good call because I think that, uh, you know, as you get onto the national scene and and teams start to – you start to play teams that are just as good or, you know, or, or you know, maybe maybe won their league, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you're starting to get into that that uh, position where uh, we're seeing – or like last year, you know, you saw teams that are, are so well scouted, and a lot of these teams are going to scout to try to take away your best one or two players. Uh, those are very, very important and a great shout-out by you. And um, I'm going to actually talk about a couple of teams, uh, um, you know, that I think that uh, – and I'm going I'm to talk about the resume builder teams, and uh, that will be probably my common theme, not just uh, today for our stock risers, but uh, uh, all the way down the stretch here. But uh, the first uh, team um, I, I think is uh, Cumberland's, who, uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, – I think Freed Hardeman is a very, very good team. You know, I know that they kind of – maybe snuck up on some people early on the year, but uh, certainly they, they've been rolling. I know they, they lost three, uh, I believe, three of their last four here. Um, but this Cumberland's team uh, as a team, and even without Fitzgerald playing, Stephen Fitzgerald, who's a, is a All-American for him, um, was able to uh, to uh, get a big-time win. Uh, J.J. Ramey uh, sunk a three at the buzzer uh, to give them the 82-79 win uh, this past week. And uh, uh, just a, a big resume win as a team that uh, – you know, we talked about that Great Lakes. You know, where are some of these teams going to go? Can they get more than 16 teams in? Um, and, and you got a team like Cumberland's uh, uh, Kentucky who uh, came away with a big win, uh, big resume builder as they uh, try to to uh, make a ploy for an at-large bid if they can't uh, sneak in a Mid-South Conference uh, Tournament Championship uh, bid. Yeah, that's a good call there. And, and I want to change the, you know, it's a little bit of a program, more of a coach. And probably, I mean, it's incredible to just even think about it. And when we've talked a little bit about it on this podcast, but what Langston has done this year, I don't think we've talked about enough. You think about that story in any sport, right? Taking a program from where Langston was to where it is now is truly just incredible. And it's a great job by Coach Wright. And he's probably not going to give his team a ton of credit because that's just the way he's wired. It always can just be <laughs> improving. And, but they deserve a lot of credit for, for what they've been able to accomplish. And I think that there's, you know, something to be said about building culture through young guys and developing young guys, similar to what we talked about with Coach Blaine. But there's also a, a, an insanely challenging aspect of bringing in a bunch of transfers, getting them to buy in, getting them to commit to roles, and building something from that. And so credit to Coach Wright, what he has done there. I mean, at any level, 
is incredible and, and has simply not been talked about enough. This is, you know, we're doing everything we can to raise awareness for, for NAIA basketball. This is something that should be talked about, you know, on a larger scale. Not that the road to Muni isn't just, you know, topping the charts of, of the podcast, but this this is something that deserves to be talked about. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, ESPN should certainly pick it up and be a heck of a story, especially uh, uh, being HBCU, you know, I think that that, that matters too. But, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to build teams, a lot of ways to win ball games, and um, I think some some people out there feel like you can only do it with four of your kids, and that's just not true anymore. Um, and Coach Wright has shown uh, what he can do uh, to to get uh, you know maybe uh, uh, you know I, I don't use this word about his kids, just in general. You know, I've heard uh, you know misfit toys. You know, where you just have a bunch of uh, guys coming from different different uh, programs that. Uh, um, all of a sudden, you have to get them to play. And uh, he's certainly one of the best at being able to do that. And that's how he builds teams. And he's he's had success doing it. You know, I know that's not for everybody, but uh, coaching a bunch of freshmen every year is is not for everybody either. So, um, yeah, good shot there. Good kudos. Uh, and, and they're playing a little bit shorthanded now. So, uh, you know, you, you can kind of combine your last two stock risers uh, as their depth is uh, having to come up big this past week as, they, as they're missing three key players. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll move on. I'm going to continue with my uh, my theme as well. Um, and I'm actually going to stay in the, in the Mid-South with this one and, and talk about Pikeville. Uh, uh, the Bears, uh, you know, I, I talked about a little bit earlier on the podcast, but, uh, um, you know, we moved them into the tournament this past week, and uh, they're certainly a bubble team. But uh, uh, to turn around this week and get wins against Cumberland, uh, uh, Tennessee, and then uh, turn around and win in, uh, at UT Southern, uh you know, it's just one of those things where uh, – uh, or playing – or getting a win against UT Southern. Uh, you know, two teams that, uh, you know, Cumberland spent uh, uh, almost the entire first semester in the top 20 in the in the country and uh, why they've kind of uh, uh, came loose a little bit. Uh, they're playing some better basketball right now, and uh, uh, so that's a good win. And then turn around and UT Southern, who's uh, currently in the tournament, uh, but one of those teams that are going to be fighting for an at-large bid as well. Uh, Pikeville, you know, when, you, when you're – when you're fighting for an at-large spot and you get uh, wins over at-large teams, uh, your resume boosts. So, so big shout out to uh, Pikeville and the Bears uh, playing some good basketball right now. Yeah, for my next one, I'm just going to absolutely contradict myself. Are you ready to have a player of the year conversation? Because I think Riley Minix is doing everything he can to work his way into the conversation. He has been on an absolute tear. And, and what a joy it is to watch players like him, players like Mason Walters, really kind of will their teams along and it's interesting you know we had this conversation you know maybe a couple months ago on this podcast about the player of the year and how much do numbers matter versus wins and certainly mason walters has the you know the um the wins to back it up more so than riley minix but riley minix i tell you what is uh, is a man on a mission and they're red hot too that southeastern team has won four or five in a row and have really found themselves rolling so it's going to be interesting down the stretch. You know, I think last year we thought it was um, more of a two-man race between Alex Gross and, and Miles Burns. And this year I think it's a little more wide open. I'm going to be interested to see how this all plays out down the stretch. Yeah, Zach, Zach Reisel. But, yeah, I understand what Zach you're saying. Zach Reisel, yeah, sorry. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good point. You know, like, does it – does you know, if because a number standpoint, Riley's right there in the mix. Absolutely. I mean – I don't know that anybody, I mean, the numbers all the way across the board, night in, night out, are just insane. Um, 
with that, yeah, does you know what what do I don't I'm not in that room, so you know does does winning matter? Does uh you know what does Southeastern have to do if they if they you know maybe their win win loss record is not great, but maybe they win the the uh, Sun title, which they certainly can, uh, and, and get that auto bid. If they make the national tournament, does Riley get back in the mix? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of questions to be asked about that, and um, you know, maybe we can find somebody that can get us some of those answers. But uh, if you're talking about from a, steer, a pure talent and pure, um, you know, just uh, <laughs> numbers wise, Riley Minix is putting up as good numbers as anybody in the country right now, and and uh, still is fun to watch. And you know, he's a guy that we've been we've, you know. I'm glad we started a site for guys like Riley Minix because Riley as a sophomore was not getting, or even a freshman, I think is when we first started talking about him our first year in, in uh, doing this. And uh, uh, we watched a game and we were actually watching it. I think we've told the story a couple of times, but uh, um, it, you know, just one of those things where we were watching a completely different team, a completely different player. And Riley as a freshman jumped out on the screen. I'm like, who is this guy? And then you start following Riley more and more and more. And you realize, this guy is a guy, you know, and, <laughs> and he, he is just a stud. And, and again, you know, I, I don't know if he's coming back for a fifth year, but, um, you know, for, for those that have not watched Riley play, you know, uh, I don't know how many games we're going to have left to watch him, but uh, um, Southeastern Florida, Riley Minix, make sure you go watch him before his career is over. Uh, um, just a, a joy to watch. So, um, and, and I don't know how many you have left, but I'm going to go ahead and, and finish my last one up here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, another team uh, that got a good resume win. Uh, and that's Baker out of, out of the heart of America. Um, you know, again, you know, you know, trying to figure out how many, how many teams from certain leagues are going to get in um, is very, very challenging. And, and, you know, like uh, one of the things you have to take in consideration is, is the win percentage. Eventually, you know, a win percentage does matter. Um, but some of these teams that are 12 and nine, um, you know, but maybe have a better RPI and SOS uh, strength of schedule, um, you know, than, than some of these teams that are maybe 14 and six or 14 and seven, you know, eventually where's that break even point? And this Baker team's a, a team that is, is certainly on the bubble, probably on the outside right now looking in. Uh, but when you're looking for resume wins, they got, uh, when you're looking for resume wins, they got a big win uh, on Saturday against uh, number 19 Evangel. And um, when you, when you knock off the number 25 team in the country, uh, it's pretty pretty sweet uh, uh, resume builder here as you move forward. A lot of these teams here, as we as we have mentioned several times on the podcast, are are uh, looking for big wins. And uh, uh, when you lock them up, we're going to talk about them because right now there's a lot of teams. Uh, I think this is in the three years we've done bracketology here. Um, this may be the most teams I've ever seen on the bubble. I mean, there and it seems like every week you got teams playing themselves in and you got teams that are playing themselves out and. You know, I, I know everybody wants an at-large spot, but not everybody's going to get one. So um, something to look forward to uh, as we move forward this year. And, and uh, I think that's a good transition into this week because we have some big games coming up this week, Pat. Yeah, and we'll start tonight. We just talked about, you know, Mason Walters and his push for uh, player of the year. And they have a big test versus Morningside, you know, starting tonight. That's Monday night, we, a big showdown here. And, and we're going to see, you know, teams, we, we've talked about it at length, but these, you know, one, you know, top seed in, in the league are really, you know, every team, they're going to get their best shot every single night. Yeah, and Morningside is a team that uh, was just just leading the the G-Pack this past week, and uh, I know that uh, they lost uh, 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 lost this past week, and then now they're turning around and have to play Jamestown again at Jamestown. So, uh, yeah, that, that one will for sure will be a fun one, interesting, and 
uh, even pay attention to maybe that Dakota Wesley Northwestern game uh, tonight too, uh, another G Pack game. Um, I, I like a lot of games this week. I'm going to go to, I mean, I'll talk about one uh, non conference game. I think on uh, Tuesday, uh, Ryo and, uh, is going to tra- transfer or travel to uh, Rochester. And, and I'm eager to see that game, you know, two teams that, uh, um, you know, it's a non conference game, but uh, two teams that are kind of on the bubble and, uh, Ryo, you know, we talked a little bit about it. You know, what happens to the River States Conference if they don't make the tournament uh, finals? You know, and get one of those auto bids. Uh, are they a team that can can sneak in the, or can sneak a uh, at large bid and and uh, uh, you know be able to go on the road to Rochester and get a win would certainly uh, boost their resume. So uh, uh, make sure you pay attention to that game on on Tuesday as well. Yeah, and then on a Wednesday, yeah, a team we probably haven't talked about enough on this podcast is Marion. Marion, I think, is a team that's been pretty sneaky all year long. Um, feels a little bit uh, contrary to the College of Idaho. They're, they're not as deep, but have been really, really good in the Crossroads League. And they play Bethel on Tuesday. And then I'll just kind of give a little preview. We'll do two here. Uh, their game on Huntington, who you talked about earlier, um, as a team that's just red hot right now. It, it may be peaking at the right time. So a huge, huge week for Marion with two really big tests. Yeah, and and I think uh, as big as as big as our Saturday games have been, uh, seemingly every every week, I'm really looking forward to Thursday this week. Like I, I'm literally thinking about. I have three uh, monitors set up uh, in the office, and I'm thinking about uh, uh, bringing the projector up there too because uh, Thursday is is pretty nutty. I mean, we're gonna turn around. Uh, I think one of the fun games out in the Sun Conference is gonna be Thomas heading to St. Thomas. Um, certainly two teams that uh, are fighting for not just a, a Sun Conference championship, but uh, um, seeding as well. And I, I like to see what the, uh, that game is going to be like. Um, but then even going down the list here, uh, I, I think one of the, maybe the, uh, you know, a couple of top 25 matches, and we're going to see Faulkner uh, traveling to Loyola. Uh, Loyola to coming off a tough loss at home this past week. Uh, currently number 15 and number 16 in the country right now. And uh, I, I, that's a big time game in the Southern States. Um, and then you you have uh, in the Red River Athletic Conference uh, the top two teams in the league in Texas A and M Texas Arcana uh, traveling to LSU Shreveport you know two teams that have uh, kind of traded places each and every week on on who's going to be in first place right now uh, currently Texas Arcana is is in first place uh, but Shreveport can uh, move back into first or tie for first uh, uh, with a big win uh, at home uh, this week and then you know and then. You know, the Frontier games are going to be really good, too, but I'm going to travel even further west here. Uh, you know, and, and a, a late-night game is it's going to be uh, – it doesn't start till 9.30 p.m. Central time. Uh, but that Hope International traveling to the Masters, uh, uh, the GSAC uh, two-seed is up for grabs right now, and it's going to be an interesting game. And I think that those two teams uh, are, are in position to get that two-seed. And um, just going to be a, a really fun game between two teams I think are very, very dangerous. Uh, as we move into the national tournament this year. Yeah, certainly just an absolute great slate of games. You know, the upcoming week, everything we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, all the implications, everything that's on the line, it's going to be a, a, another fun, fun week. Jump in on, on a Friday game that I'm really excited about as well. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a low-key game maybe that people just maybe don't have on the radar, uh, but it's a top 25 matchup, and, and that's the – the big matchup in the in the Continental Athletic Conference, 
you know, a showdown between uh, the top two teams. And again, I know we won't go too in depth on it, but they don't technically have a, a regular season uh, schedule. So uh, this just maybe a, 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 you know, maybe a matchup that we may see in the, in the CAC tournament uh, championship game. But uh, Iowa Wesleyan in uh, Iowa Wesleyan is going to go to Arkansas and play uh, Florida college. And uh, again, another top 25 showdown uh, between two teams that are, are playing really good basketball uh, Iowa Wesleyan holds the the longest win streak in the country now at, at uh, 21 games, uh, and they're playing off Florida College and, and Matt Simpson, who uh, may be the national player of the week this week. We'll find out uh, should be later today or, or early tomorrow, uh, but uh, going to be a, a fun one uh, right there and a, a game that I'm really looking forward to on Friday night. I think we've uh, we've hit most of the games. We've hit uh, uh, certainly uh, some of the the, the at large teams to pay attention to here, but. Uh, uh, I know that uh, uh, if anything, if any of the last two weeks of anything to say about it, uh, uh, a lot can change here in the next seven days, Pat. So uh, we're at that kind of that time of year. And, and I know that uh, next week when we when we hit the airways, uh, we may be talking about some new teams again. So uh, something to look about, look forward to. But uh, I know, Pat, uh, uh, you and I uh, always enjoy this time of year uh, to always steal your phrase. It's the best time of year. <laughs> But mark it on your bingo cards. Yep, our <laughs> bingo card. But uh, uh, for everybody out there, we appreciate you listening. I, I know that uh, I just want to give one last shout out to to everybody uh, that does pay attention. Uh, uh, we just this past week uh, in, in our two year running uh, stat line uh, crossed five thousand listens. So um, I know I speak with, for Pat too here that uh, we're very appreciative uh, of you guys listening to us. Uh, we don't always have all the answers, and we may be long-winded, especially me and myself. Uh, but uh, we always appreciate you guys uh, taking the time out of your day to uh, to listen to us. Uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy, and, and we appreciate everybody that uh, over 200 active listeners each week, which is awesome. Um, and we just want to give a big shout-out, a big thank you uh, to all of you. But uh, until next week, this is Junior Pat signing off.